0: Spokenly. He lurked in the shadows, waiting and hoping she wouldn't take a different room. This was her usual room. He knew that. He knew her.
1: Ghost of Me, the new book by Amanda Steele, can be found at Amazon, Cobalt, Waterstones and many, many other places. Spokenly. Hi guys, it's Andy and thanks today for... Downloading or streaming yet another episode of Spoken Label. As you may or may not be aware, Spoken Label was started in the beginning of 2006. And currently we have well over 150 sessions recorded and sent. Although you can find it on various networks, the full archive is available for streaming and downloading at Spoken Label Full Stop bandcamp.com It is a free download or free streaming there. But obviously, if you feel like chucking me a few pennies that way, it'd be a terminal grateful to help me keep this podcast going and keep improving my equipment, etc. Enjoy. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Spoken Able. Hi guys, Andy N. Spoken Able. Back in the house and on Zoom again today. We're over to Nottingham today. And I've got a young gentleman who I met at Nottingham night in Zoom relatively recently, I love Nottingham, it's a beautiful city. Not been up there for a few years now. So, Chris Oliver, who is with me today, I'm going to be asking him lots of questions like what's not what was Nottingham like before lockdown? So, we'll come on to that later, Chris, because I've got a lot of time for your city. So, obviously, first and Chris, seriously, introduce yourself to everybody, mate. Tell them, obviously, where you're originally from. I think it's Nottingham, He said it wasn't it? So, yeah. so, then we'll look at tell everybody about. What led you to poetry? Then? I'll take it from there.
0: Okay, yeah. So my name's Chris Oliver. Um, I've, um, I'm Nottingham born and bred, lived in Nottingham all my life. Um, so in terms of poetry, I um, actually, actually used to love writing poetry when I was at school. Um, so I first started writing when I was when I was at school in English lessons. And sort of there was a strange thing that happened. Um, I, I had an experience with a teacher that was quite a negative experience that stopped me writing because I, I once wrote a couple of poems and the teacher got me to read them out. And then we had to explain and break down, you know, the reasons why we'd why written the poem and, and, and explain the poem. And I'd used a couple of, of sort of metaphors in there, although at the time I didn't even know what a metaphor was to be honest with you, but I'd, I'd used them. And um, I was and I was trying to explain to this teacher, you know, the references that I was using in the poem and and he he didn't get it. And and he sort of rubbished my poem a little bit and and broke my confidence a little bit. And then after that, I stopped writing for years. So, you know, that's that's something that kind of sticks out in my mind. But I did stop writing for many years. Um, When I got a bit older, um, I started writing again. Um, But. I used to just sort of write. It was like um, it was like a, a way of release because, you know, as as um, many men know, men, a lot of men don't really talk about their feelings and stuff like that. So I had a lot going on inside. You know, I've been through quite a lot, a lot of different, you know, a lot of different experiences, and you know, writing was my way of releasing that. But I was just writing, and then I'd probably just store it up, store it up for a while and then get rid of it all. And then I'd start the process again, writing, writing, store it up for a while, get rid of it all. And I went through that process for quite a number of years. And then um, eventually I started sharing some of my work with you know, just some of my close family members. Um, and one of my uncles that, that, that passed away a few years ago, he, he was big into to writing and he used to write poetry and stuff. So I was sharing a bit with them and, and kind of, they were saying, you know, they were saying to me, you know, you need to, you need to share your work with people. You've got a message to, got a message there. And um, I was like, I, I was actually petrified of public speaking um, scared to get up on the stage. You know, it, I was petrified even when I was sharing it with them, but you know, just because they were close, close people, I, I felt I could do that. So, um, you know, I started to really think about it, and I thought, you know, it would be nice to to overcome that that fear and get up on, you know, get up and do something. So I was thinking about going to some open mics. Um, I'd actually spotted a couple of open mics and and thought about going, and then chickened out. And then I noticed that uh, you know there's a guy um, in Nottingham, Jar Digger. Um, big on the 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 rap scene and 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 also does poetry, which I didn't know um, previously. And I noticed that he was running a a series called Poets Off the Ends, um, and and there were a few um, Nottingham-based poets that w- he was putting them on, you know, his platform uh, and giving them a bit of exposure. So I kind of reached out to him, let him know that I'd been writing. Um, he asked me to record something and send it to him on WhatsApp, and I did so. And he was like, "Yeah." come through you know we, we, really? want, we want to put you on definitely and I was like really wow you know oh, it was yeah. quite a humbling experience if I'm honest with you because I wasn't you know confident within myself that what I was writing was good do you know what I mean so went along did a did a recording um, for, for Poets Off the Ends and and that that went out um, and then you know through speaking to to Jar you know I was telling him about my situation and and what I was really surprised about was he kind of um, he kind of um, um, empathised with what I was saying and said that he, he feels those nerves as well, and that, which, which really surprised me because he's such a confident guy and he, he just comes across with such confidence that I was really surprised to, say, to hear him say that he had nerves every time he performed. So, you know, he encouraged me to come along to an open mic night and we went along to um, a night called Black Drop, Um, run by Michelle Mother Hubbard. And yeah, I remember that night, you know, I I got up on the stage, I did my thing, my knees were shaking, my voice was shaking. Um, But I did it, I I got it done. And you know, since then, I've I've kept on going to open mics. um, And as time's gone on, my confidence has just just grown, you know. Um, When I think of those early performances, I feel a bit cringy, but (laughs) <laughs> you know, everyone has to start somewhere and you know, it's there's been a lot of growth within that time.
1: Yeah. I think all writers or performers or any sort of level, your first gig or two is always the worst because and you, know, you look back at it over time thinking, Oh my god, I did that. Why did I read that out? Or sometimes you, just, you just, you've got motions of playing in your head, haven't you? So afterwards, yeah. you'd be like a massive you did you have that sort of massive adrenaline rush when you came off stage, did you? And I,
0: I did, yeah, I did. I was sort of, I, I sort of buzzing for like another hour after I performed when I came when I came off the stage. But it was a, it was a really, it was a good feeling. But as, but then also I kind of thought, what did I just say? Did did I, How did I come across? Was that? Do you know what I mean? I had all those these questions like flowing around in my mind. But you know, I was still happy that I had done it.
1: Yeah, no, completely. mate. I think you do. Like it's, it's I think Once you done, you've got the first couple out of the way then you you world's your oyster if you're going to persevere with it. Because I'm sure you would have seen like over time like I have. Like I've seen people come along read once and you never see them again.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like
1: it's, I think if you really want it, you'll carry on and on and on. You've, what you've clearly done. I said so. Have you found then, obviously, has your actual writing style changed then? The more accustomed you've got to performing, do you reckon?
0: It most definitely has, yeah. Um, I think... Um, if I'm honest, the first the first couple of things that I wrote, I wasn't even sure if they were poetry. <laughs> they had sort of a, <laughs> quite, a, quite a strange flow to them, <laughs> and um, you know, I, I questioned myself: is this even poetry? Or you know, because I, I hear other poets, and you know, you compare yourself, and you know. But at the end of the day, I just thought, you know, you you can't just follow the crowd and be like everyone else. That would be boring. So. I thought, you know, I've kind of got my own unique style. I'm just going to run with it. So I did that initially. But I found that naturally over time, you know, my style has sort of changed a little bit and I've got more used to, I think when I first used to perform, I just used to rush the performance because I was nervous. So I just be, you know, want to get the words out. And another thing is that I used to just look at the floor because uh, you know I didn't used to make eye contact with the crowd and, you know, someone pulled me aside and said, "Look, you know, you you get a lot better um, feedback and 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 a, a better connection with people, and with the words that you deliver, and if you look up and make eye contact with the crowd." And it was even after they said that to me, it was it was still difficult for me to do that, but I was conscious of it. So I, over time, I made that happen, and I started looking up at the crowd, and then and then over time, then you know interacting with the crowd a bit more, you know, looking at different people and delivering lines and and then I also got used to um slowing the pace down and, you know, knowing where to pause and putting the brakes in and stuff like that. So just to emphasize the emotion of the of the piece that I'm performing really. Really.
1: Have you are you one of these sort of writers then I've only seen you perform once and you can't always judge it on Zoom. Anyway, do you are you like a memory poet or do you like, do you stick to the page normally when you perform?
0: Um, when I when I perform live, I don't like I like to perform from memory.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough.
0: But since we've been on Zoom, if I'm honest, I've been a bit lazy because I know I'm just <laughs> phone, so I've sort of got my phone to the side and I'm reading off my phone because you know, people can't always tell when they, they see you on the on the screen. But um but you know, certainly when things open back up again and, and we get back to live performances, hopefully, you know, I'll be I'll be you know I really do like to learn my pieces and perform them off the top of my head.
1: Yeah, that's fine. I think it's been past year or so. Like it was um, it's been difficult really because I, I can't perform my memory. I'm dyspraxic. My memory, my memory is dreadful. <laughs> it really is. But that's why I have to have it in front of me. But it's like if I do. I get. I understand what you mean. Like some people much prefer to just do off memory. And it's, I think the way it's changed has affected a lot of people. So have you found, have you actually been writing a fair bit over lockdown generally, have you? Or was it, have you slow down a bit?
0: Um, I'd say, yeah, I've, I've wrote a fair bit over over the lockdown, yeah. I mean, <laughs> my writing is, it's, it's a bit strange because I, what I find is I, I do write a hell of a lot, but I've got, what I call hundreds of unfinished symphonies so you know it's just poems that I've started and they've just never I've never been able to finish or I say never been able to finish them not finish them yet but I always continually go back to to bits and pieces sometimes I'll take three different poems and I'll meld them together and make one poem and you know, so so I've I've got I've got loads of you know just bits of paper, bits on my phone, bit little bits of recordings because whenever something comes to mind, I like to jot it down or record it. So yeah, same yeah, for, me. Same for me. it. Comes I do.
1: Do you ever do what I do sometimes? Right, I've got, I've been known in the past where I've got three quarters incomplete, three quarters complete poem, and I think mm. heck, I don't know how to finish this. So I want to split it into four separate little poems
0: all right do you know what I, I never really write really really short poems but that's mm. something that i'm quite interested in doing I've, I've noticed you know some people write some really good you know just four or six lines and do you, do you know what i mean and and that's not something i've ever really done because uh, most of my my early works more like um kind of almost i'm telling a story or you know yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. and that's bad play it's um i think over lockdown for me i've tried to learn Different forms, and i am not very a bit form man previously, but I know I've been writing absolute loads of haikus and tankers and all kinds of little things, and they're 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 just as hard to write yeah. as a long, a long a longer piece in some ways. Yeah, because you know, are trying to strip it down that much.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I i if I'm honest with you, Andy, I prefer to just sort of free write and yeah, just use it for me as well <laughs> what comes to, to my mind. You know what I mean? And then and then once I've got something, I mean. As I've seen, sometimes it can, you know, I can have unfinished symphonies, but on another day, I can just write something, you know, within 30 minutes and I've got a finished piece. Do you know what I mean? It just really varies.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's, I think, no piece, I think, always believe in writing. No piece is the same. Some might take you years to complete, some you may never complete, and some you can can get from first draft to last draft in half an hour.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
1: definitely. I can get it, believe that. How have you found um, reading on Zoom over the past year then? So obviously you spent 18 months that you're delivering it in person. Mm-hmm. Has it been quite a challenging experience doing it on Zoom then? Because I know I know me and my partner Amanda, is a writer as well, we both were very, very nervous over the first month or so on it, certainly.
0: Yeah, literally, I was just about to say that, Andy. Um, <coughs> yeah, when I, when I first jumped onto Zoom, I wasn't sure about it at all, if I'm honest, and... At first, I just thought, you know, shall I just wait until things things come back? But then I thought, no, I, I want to just, you know, keep myself keep the keep the creative juices flowing. So I thought I'll have a go. But yeah, I was finding that I was I was super nervous, and and like I'd be sat there waiting for my turn, and then like I'd, I'd be more nervous. It was like going back to when I first started performing, actually. I I just feel all that you know the, that nervous energy running around my body, and just feel a bit shaky, really. So yeah um but well, again I, I think i've just i've just adapted to it and got used
1: to it i think i think it's very different because like, when you're doing it on zoom i've always um, i think i've always loved traveling down to a place to go to a gig and traveling back home with yeah. the adrenaline rushing in your head now when it's done you're doing it on zoom you just turn the laptop off and go to bed
0: yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah
1: <laughs> that's why it's weird very very weird that's that's for sure of it so but um Do you anticipate then when things return to normal? And I know I'm like this now. Like, it's my partner is definitely like that. Is when things return to normal, it's a case of building your confidence up again as a writer, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think for me personally, I I think if I know my piece inside out, I feel confident anyway. So I feel, I feel if I've learned a piece and I know it inside out, it gives me a bit of confidence. Um, but you know. Again, it's, it's, it's new territory. I've, I, you know, I've, I've been continuous since I started, and then I've never really had a break to then go back to live performing. So this will be the first time that's ever happened to me. So it'll be interesting to see how I do adapt. But I, I, I'd like to think that I, would, I, I won't be nervous, but who knows? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. I think it's going to be a case of like people, because I've been doing it for, what, like I said, for 13 years now. My partner's been doing it for the four and a half years herself, and she's terrific like, going back in person now she is. Yeah. Because okay. you've been penned up by yourself, like, in a room for, like, for a year or something. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's going to be weird because it'd be interesting to see. Like, I don't know what Nottingham's like, but Manchester, certainly. There's quite a few nights I know that regular nights are aren't coming back.
0: Right, okay.
1: So it'd be interesting to see what night. There'd be some other nights coming to take the places. But it's mm-hmm. just trying to work out, see the lay of the land, basically, and I suppose...
0: Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. That's
1: why. So do you have any sort of plans? Well, we'll look at that. They said, if things come back to normal in the next month or two, have you got any plans of where you'd like to your writing to go next to
0: or anything? Um I think not really. I th- I think I just kind of like to go with the flow. I mean I mean, a lot of the early stuff that I used to write, you know, a lot of it was getting at emotion. So some of it you know, might be a bit angry or a bit emotional and stuff. But I feel like um, I write a lot about my personal experiences. I write a lot about things that I've been through, um, things that I observe. Um, and and more recently, I write, you know, about kind of my personal growth. So I feel like my po- poetry become a bit more positive in a way, as I become more positive as a person, if that makes sense. So, right. you know. And I and I and I feel that it's still good to tackle issues and still good to, you know, highlight things that are going on in the world. Um, but I think it's also important to, you know, to bring some positive positivity and some, you know, and some love to the world, if I'm honest, you know what I mean?
1: I think in situations like we are now, you've got that's the way we've got to look at it, because I think the world's in a dark place or just coming starting to come out of a dark place in England anyhow. But like I said, it's if you go along to all the grimness and the more bleakness. It used to depressing yourself as well as everybody else. So I exactly. think there's a fine there's a fine line. Well, no, good luck to you, mate, definitely with it. So right, yeah. well, that's pretty well I've covered everything I want to ask you today, Chris. So okay. uh, to wrap up then. So if people want to find out more about you, where are the best going?
0: So I'm on um Instagram, um uh, Chris Oliver Word sayer. I don't know if it's got an underscroll in the middle there. Um us have a quick look.
1: Let's have a look then. I'll go, I'll go on to Instagram. Let's see. Look, the power of technology. Now we're going to have both going to have a look at Instagram now while we're talking to everybody. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, so it is. It's, it's Chris Oliver underscore word sale. And then I'm also on um, Facebook. So I've got um, I've got my personal page on Facebook, um, Chris Chris Oliver. And then I've got the poetry pre- page, Chris Oliver, spoken word artist um so yeah that's that's where people can find me um at the moment andy
1: brilliant yeah got them got them both down here that's great then okie dokie then that's been the case in chris we're going to pause the recording now everybody and let chris get a bit composed catch his breath and we're back in two minutes and we'll get chris to do a few pieces for us If that's all right mate yeah perfect mate brilliant right okie dokie we'll see you in a minute guys spoken mate Hi guys, okie dokie, straight over Chris, he's got a nice little set line lines up for us now mate, over to you buddy.
0: Cheers Andy, so my first piece that I'm going to do um, and it's called um, Keeping It Simple okay. and um, whenever I perform this piece I always dedicate it to my mum, so I'm going to jump straight in. When I look around me, I see so many fathers on their grind i see them putting in time like they're seasoning food and i don't mean to sound rude but i get confused i get the blues i'm sending out booze to those absent fathers you know the ones who'd rather be chasing skirts than putting in work to nurture the seeds that they planted they've got the blessing of life yet they take it for granted it's like they've been implanted with a false sense of their own identity and i'll tell you for certain that's not how it's meant to be but if you're open to reason we'll get there eventually because I'm essentially just painting a picture with words like our nature paints a picture in the sky with the birds I am a mother's son so when I shine brightly I project the sun's rays my mum's way my mum has me beaming And I saw her as she battled with numerous demons and even though her heart was bleeding when Pops was cheating, she never stopped believing. She stayed up late while we were sleeping, had a by-herself meeting so she could pray to the Most High for healing. She could hold down a beating and still maintain the washing, cooking and cleaning of everything in the yard all sparkle and gleaming. And although her eyes were often streaming, she tried to hide the tears from our eyes to protect our feelings. So the first point I'm making is, if she's still around, then value your mother. Swing by tomorrow and tell her you love her, it's that simple. And the next point I'm making is this, if you didn't have a mother, you wouldn't exist. So that alone should make you know that a mother is priceless. So my question is, should a female that you have a child with be priced less? subjected to levels of high stress, I mean. Let's keep it real, she should never be above your mother because although she could be your friend, your lover, or even your wife, she never gave you life. But yet the life force that was formulated when you exchanged those sacred energies, created joyful memories in the throes of passion or maybe just lost and meaningless action. I don't know, I weren't there. And I don't really care, but with children involved, take care of them. And even if you go your separate ways, cast your mind to a time we call back in the days when you were young and treat her how you would have wanted someone to treat your mom. So the fruits of your seeds can grow with strong roots and strong foundations and stay standing firm through any trials and tribulations. Show guidance and patience and instill them with the knowledge of the ancients and fulfill your role. Help turn boys to men before they come to the end of the road. Help girls become women who instinctively know how to spot a genuine, consistent man in real time. Anything less is a real crime. Real men come forth with a real spine or fall back. Step up to the plate or fall flat and face that drama. Accept your karma and burn in hot lava. Or just do your best and be a good father. It's that simple. Fantastic.
1: Brilliant. Great start, that, Chris. Got a really good messaging in your piece. and know I've heard straight away. That's a really good choice to start off with that night, straight away. Thank you. Okay, well, right. have you ready, mate? On to number two.
0: <laughs> okay, so, so my next piece. Um, this is it's called "The Calm Before the Storm," and it's just a bit of a an insight into some a bit of my struggle, um, some some of the struggles that I've been through in terms of. So it got a bit of a mental health theme. So the calm before the storm. The calm before the storm. Those last moments of blissful sleep. When I'm dreaming of returning to the East to live a simple life. It's like being in tune with the rhythm of nature creates a natural high. Drinking fresh coconut water and picking the juiciest, ripest, Tropical fruit straight from the trees until suddenly I awaken. Then my world comes crashing down around me as the stark reality grounds me and fills my head with dread. It locks in. I pull the sheets up over my head. My eyes are still red from last night's medication. My thoughts are too rushed. I think I need a meditation. It's fast becoming a nightmare. And I don't mean pyjamas, but it's been the type of night where I've been on a journey internally. But then the morning jolts me back into the matrix, back into the place which expects so much yet gives back so little. And I'm not even close to solving this riddle. It's like when rain starts to drizzle, then it pours. Some days I just want to return to the source, but that voice in my head says it's not your time to leave this place. So you best get out of bed and join in this race with the rest of the rats. I know I'm not really feeding up to that, but my choices are not plenty. Because the bills will still need to be paid when the bank account's empty. Anxiety creeps in. It's like I'm trapped inside a living hell, like a groundhog day. I'm slipping, I'm falling, I've got to get up like DMX, but in a groundhog way. I know what I need to do, and so I drag myself to the shower. And beg the most high for the power to keep on keeping on. Keep on singing my song like that old school Christina Aguilera joint. That got me through a couple of bad breakups. So sometimes when I wake up, I play it over in my head. When I don't really want to face this world. When I just want to curl up and hide. Pass myself a dutch on the left hand side and return to my dream state. Now my legs feel weak and my head's spinning. I've reached for my goals, but I'm still not winning how I need to be. I'm still not free when I feel to be. I mean, how do I explain something I don't fully understand myself? How do I override my own mental health to explain my own mental health to someone else? It's exhausting, constantly forcing myself to conform to the expectations of a world that don't make much sense to me. I know that I'll leave this place eventually. I wonder if this world will even remember me. When I return to that blissful sleep and go so, 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 so deep that I remain there for eternity. Brilliant
1: brilliant again, that Chris. Very, very insightful. That I've got to say, I love the musical youth reference that came up after through that piece as well.
0: Yeah, I do like that one. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. we're well,
1: of the age, me and you, where we we can say we can have to remember them coming up at the time, that's why. I mean, not very, very powerful, mate. Excellent, mate. So, okay. Whenever you're ready for number three, go for it, mate.
0: Okay. So this one, I wrote this um, during the lockdown um, and it's called Smoke and Mirrors. Recently, I started paying more attention to the dynamics within society. And there's a truth within a truth and a lie within a lie, and I don't know why I didn't see it sooner. Maybe those childhood vaccines and booster jabs unbalanced the harmony within my natural pharmacy. Maybe it was karma, me, getting payback for something I did way back because when you earn, you have to pay tax. I noticed that the whole construct of the world we live in is built on lies disguised by smoke and mirrors. And as I unraveled more clues, the numbers grew. And so I started to fixate, like, two, four, six, eight, this must be a mistake. But it wasn't. It was a piss take. I realised that slavery was never actually abolished. They just modernised it and hid it in plain sight, to the point that some don't even know it exists, it's that polished. They create divides and provide us with entertainment to distract us. They cover all angles like the tractors they've trapped us with love islands and X-Factors. They subtly feed racial tension, but what they always fail to mention is they care not for anyone outside of their exclusive circle of one percenters. They don't value lives because if they did, we'd all thrive instead of just survive on the wrong side of the class divide. So now most of us are pacified and classified into stereotypes, going back and forth like window wipes, expressing our daily gripes, but never actually making changes. Too busy making change. It really is a crying shame. So please tell me, what's the answer? They've even made it illegal to say you cure cancer because then there's a chance that people might wake up and smell the shit flavored coffee, which would probably lead to big pharma getting its karma. Is it silly of me to dream of being free like in 1963 when a young Martin Luther King spoke to the people? 57 years on and we're still not equal. It's like another bad sequel, but he had a dream and we are the people, so we need to question and ask. Like with the science of the mask, it's interesting. We breathe out carbon dioxide, which is waste, and have a perfect exchange with the plants and trees who breathe in our waste and replace it with oxygen. It's not rocket science. If you don't get enough oxygen, your immune system will be compromised and therefore you could be the first to die if the virus is real. I'm just stating how I feel based on the research I've done since my rebirth. So now I meditate daily to cut down the reverb so I can get set to get set with what I deserve. I've made my point, so I'll just leave you with these words. Free birds have no borders and the only order they follow is the law of nature, which by default is the law of the most high creator.
1: Excellent again, really strong set today, Chris. Again, really, really. You've got exactly. a calmness in your and style. I've noticed straight away with it, and it's it's very rich. I think that's beautiful work, mate. Very, very good stuff, mate. So,
0: thank you, thank you.
1: Okay. So
0: just, two, two more, two more quick ones. These are go. a bit shorter, so um, go for it. Sorry, just be a second. Typical. Disappeared. Here we go. Got it. Right. So this one's called um, Mount Sinai. I woke up early this morning and saw the sun was smiling. I smiled back and stretched my arms out towards the skyline. I felt tall and strong like Mount Sinai. I thought this is a sign I need to smile more and frown less. I started counting all the ways in which I'm blessed, inhaled deeply into my chest and treasured my ability to draw breath. It's such a beautiful world we live in, but how often do we actually stop to appreciate the abstract shapes of the clouds in the sky or the spread of those wings as a bird starts to fly, going who knows where, and who knows why. You see, we often focus on the destination. So are we destined to be a nation of people who forget how to enjoy the journey? It's an issue that concerns me. I make a wish that our concern be a reconnect with nature and a change in our behavior that leans towards respecting and caring for the earth. With as much effort as we use to care for our mobile phones, designer, clothes and cars, Instead of worshipping the stars, we should appreciate the stars. Hope you appreciate the bars because I've been working hard to raise it. I've travelled all the way to Mars and I don't even own a spaceship. I'm truly grateful for the basics and I know we're going to make it. So every chance I get to spread the love, I'm going to take it.
1: Wow, that, that is a bit shorter that one, Chris. I see what you mean there. So, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, I've been... Trying to work on, you know, changing the the kind of the lengths of my my pieces. Yeah,
1: how have you found that? Then so far has it been quite challenging? I because and what I know of you, your work is obviously a bit long, usually a bit longer, isn't it? So has that yeah. been quite difficult? I trying, trying to write a bit shorter them.
0: Yeah. Um, not really, no, because I think before I used to feel like I had to write a lot and and I wasn't really, because I wasn't really familiar with the um, the poetry circuit, I, I didn't realise that short pieces were okay, so I used to spend ages trying to write loads, and and then that was actually quite a relief to actually realise you can write a short one, and uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it takes a fresh off you sometimes, straight away, I mean, I'm, I'm always a believer sometimes less is more, sometimes anyway, so. Not always a bad thing, right? Yeah, definitely. And I, and
0: I think sometimes you don't want to lose the, the audience. Do you know what I mean? You want, you want to get your point across, you know? Yeah, uh, I
1: think it's good to be very anyway. So, yeah, we're, okay. We're on to okay. the big finale now, aren't we? Yeah, good
0: so good, this, good. this is my last piece. So this is something I wrote quite recently, actually. Um, I was having a few reflections. Um, but, um, yeah, it's called um, Right in History. Shards of hope dance around my deepest desires. The fire within my belly compels me to reach out and welcome them into my grasp. My heart beats so fast, my past continues to haunt me. The future continues to daunt me and the weakness of my flesh allows me to bleed with ease. And so I freeze, afraid to just be in that moment, aware that my real opponent lies within the confines of my own skin. Telling lies to my mind's eye, making mountains out of molehills and mowing down my dreams like roadkill I hold still. My pen transfers the pain onto paper. The words seem harsh like Henny no chaser but I pace myself on a babe top shelf. Need to cleanse myself for my mental health. And place myself in a space which allows me to go back to basics and stay rich on the premise that health. Is wealth the realisation is like a weight lifted but my soul is still twisted this is just the beginning my head's still spinning but I know that I'm winning and I I feel blessed because I avoided that coughing now I'm coughing some shit up off my chest how ironic now I feel bionic like the million dollar man I post my words upon the ground but I care less if people like it it's great if they do, but that's not why I write it, it's like This is the only way I can release and let go I find in a peace when I let flow Which I'd known from the get-go But I am the sum of my life experience There's only one me and my seeds and my variants And so the cycle of my bloodline continues through the ages And the pain still flows through my pen onto pages But it no longer cripples me And my little me as well they get to see a different me and I get to rewrite the rest of my history. Fantastic. Again.
1: Yeah. I like the ending of the ending, aren't you there? It brings the piece full circle. And I think it's a good way to finishing your little set off today, Chris, on that one actually, because I think when you do history piece, sometimes you're rewriting history. It's almost like you're looking forward to the future, really, isn't it?
0: Yeah. 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 Sir.
1: Tremendous stuff today. There's been a really good session out today. So Chris, I want to thank you today for today, mate. It's been a pleasure chatting to you, mate, So,
0: Yeah, no, thank you, Andy, for having me. I've really enjoyed it.
1: Me too as well. So, all right, guys and girls, as Doug Callis says over at Impact, stay safe and stay over, and we'll see you all soon. Take care. Spoken,
0: mate.